tonight that the hearts of your people are open and receptive, God, to receive your word, to receive teaching on tonight. I thank you that we have a teachable spirit, Father God, to hear what you have to say unto us on tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. What I was going to do um, this time, since we didn't do it last, last Tuesday because we were not together, um, I will not tell you what I was going to do because we will be doing it, but I will move on with the teaching. And I think it's going to be very interesting. So show up next Tuesday to see what it is, to see what the Lord will be doing. Um, but I'm going to continue the uh, teaching on the order of the church. And I'm going to bring in some things um, that some people may be aware of, you may not be aware of, but it's going to be a refresher for some. And um, to others, it's going to be some knowledge and some understanding. Amen? So this is what I want to talk about tonight. We wrapped it up, talking about the pattern of the church, the way that God wants things to be, the way things are done according to his pattern. And I'm going to tell you, I really enjoyed the tabernacle. I enjoyed the people that... Uh, came forth to present the tabernacle and the way that they presented it everybody presented it in their own way but it was according to the word of God is that not awesome some people put in more some people put in less and some people tried not to put in anything at all but we thank God that people did come forth (laughs) to put in what they had amen but this is what I want to talk about tonight what the church is not What the church is not, and I think that we're going to get a lot from this, what the church is not. Number one, the church is not a material building. The building is the place where the church meets. The church is not a material building. The building is where the church meets. Now, I know I have this habit, and I know all of us in this room have this habit, when we say, let's go to church. We can't go to church because we're the church. Don't y'all hear that all the time? Let's go to church. Put it in the church. That means they're putting it in you. So we want to get an understanding of this so we'll know what it is, what is meant by when we say, The church, the church is not a building. The church is us. And that's what we have to understand. And we have been saying it so long, um, I'm going to stop by the church. Well, you might as well stay home, you the church. So we have to understand what we're saying and why we say what we say. Amen? So let's get the definition of the church. What is the church? I said what the church is not. But what is the church? It's a body of believers who have been called out from the world by God. It's a body of believers who have been called out from the world by God. A body of believers who have been called out from the world by God. Now tonight what I'm going to talk about is a universal church. Now when we look at church... This is how we have to see it. And I'm going to go over denominations, not tonight. I'm going to go over how people come up with these denominations and things of that nature where we understand where the people of God is standing at this time. When we look at church, when I talk about a universal church, I'm talking about, I want you to get this definition, 
The universal church is made up of every single believer in the world. The universal church is made up of every single believer in the world who has exercised faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. The universal church is made up of every single believer in the world who has exercised faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. Now let me give you a little example of that. You have believers in Burgos. You have believers in Castle Hayne. You have believers in Wilmington. You have them in Wallace. You have them in Wathler. You have them all over the world. They are worldwide. And that's what make up a universal church. It's worldwide. Meaning that if we travel to Texas and we come in contact with another believer, that means that we come into Texas and we meet another believer. That believer may be part of a local church, and I'm going to go over that, but they come in through a universal church. So the universal church is worldwide. A universal um, church is worldwide. That's every believer world, worldwide. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight, a universal church first. Because what's happening here is, if I give you another example, Let's say we have walkers. I was an original a walker at first before I got married. We have walkers in Pender County. We have walkers worldwide. So everywhere you go, you're going to know who your family is. I don't care if they're in Texas. They're still going to be a walker, right? So even if you go to Texas, you're still going to be a Christian. You're still going to meet up with some Christians. So all of you are carrying that same... Um, well, you want to say title or whatever, but we're all considered Christians. We're all considered saints. So that's what universal means. You're going to meet somebody no matter where you go. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ because that's what a universal um, church is. We're the church. So we cannot leave that out. Some people try to have different organizations, and those organizations have different beliefs, but that should not change who you are. And this is what's happening in the body of Christ. You got too many um, people making up um, man's way of doing instead of doing it the way God set it out to be done. And that's where we're going. We're going to get deep into this because, you know, when you get into this study, you have to check what you're doing to make sure you're not doing it according to man, but you're doing it according to God. Let's look at the first scripture that talks about the universal church. We read this one all the time. Matthew 16 verse 18 Matthew 16 verse 18 says and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it this is the universal church so Jesus was talking to Peter and he was talking to Peter because Peter identified who he was um, Peter knew that he was the Christ and Jesus knew nobody could have to have told you this except it come from the father. So that's why he told Peter upon this rock, I will build my church. He wasn't talking about building it upon Peter. He was talking about building it upon himself, which is Jesus Christ. He said upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we see this is a universal church. Anyone who accepts Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, you are part of the universal church. 
that mean, you know, not being set apart in a local church. I'm going to go to that. You are part of the universal church because you belong to Christ Jesus. And that's what we're going to set in order tonight to let people know before there were even local churches, everybody was part of the universal church, which you part of that through becoming born again. Let's look at another one. Ephesians 1, 22 through 23. Ephesians 1, 22 through 23. And have put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And have put all things under his feet, that's Jesus, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. So Jesus is over the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So when we accept Jesus, whoever accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they're part of that universal church. They're made a part of that church. Let's look at another one. Acts 9, verse 31. Acts 9, verse 31. It says, I'm reading the expanded Bible. Then or therefore the church everywhere in Judea, Galilee, Samaria, areas that comprise ancient Israel, had a time of peace and became stronger, was built up edified, respecting the Lord by the way they lived, walking in the fear of the Lord and being encouraged, comforted, exhorted by the Holy Spirit. The group of believers continued to grow. So what this is saying is this naming different areas that these people were coming together and basically they were believing the same thing, doing the same thing. And because all of them was a part of the universal church, but they were in different locations. So this is how it should be, y'all. When you go to different places and we're serving the same God, we should all be on one accord. That's why the Bible tells us when two or three come together what did he say i'm in the midst of them so that means if we go to texas and we go over there to um meet in texas church go to texas to meet um in texas when we come together all of us should be believing the same thing having the same mind because we come from the same father there should be no different belief there should be no way different way of doing things when we come together no matter if a person is in Texas and you go to Texas and you begin to talk to that person, y'all coming together because you believe in the same thing, you're serving the same God, then guess what? He's going to be in the midst of you. This is where I'm going. This is where people mess up at. You know how we'll say, let's go to church. That's what we say. If we don't um, understand what it means by church, we're thinking that we have to go to church to pray. We have to go to church to have fellowship. We have to go to church to do this or that or other because it got to be done in the church. If you get that mentality, that means that you're not going to be able to fellowship outside of the church because you're thinking that you're making this building, your church, you're making it so sacred. I'm getting there even with these pulpits and all of this. You know, don't touch the pulpit. Don't touch this. It's holy. It's set aside. Let me tell y'all something. If none of this was in this room, you still the church. You're the one that was made holy, not this stuff. So see, this is where we mess up at. When you have a building, it's set up to represent what they say, the church. That's what they say. 
But you can have church, and I'm going to give you an example. When Jesus walked, he didn't set up nothing. Jesus stood right there in the midst of the crowd, and he told them what the word said. He didn't have to have a platform. He didn't have to have anything. Matter of fact, the Bible said Jesus sat in the boat, and he told Peter, he said, move out a little bit. He was on the boat. He wasn't even on, had no pulpit or nothing. So if you understand who you are, that you're the church, then you don't have to wait to say, come to the church so we can pray. No, wherever you are, you can join hands and you can pray. So see, we're getting out of the way the word tells us to do things. So Jesus, when he walked the earth, Jesus didn't look for no pulpit. He didn't look for stuff like that. He just presented the word of God. If we take everything out of here, chairs, everything out of here, we're still the church. This, this is just a building that we come into to fellowship. So we have to make sure we understand that. So anytime that you look at this building as a church, you're saying, I can't do nothing outside of coming in here. That means you're supposed to be having church you're the church, so in your home, you're supposed to be able to fellowship, you're supposed to be able to pray, you're supposed to be able to do everything that needs to be done as the Father tells you to do it wherever you are. But we're going to get to why all of this is like it is. So we understand that we're the church. So we got to be careful when we say, come to my church. And that we say, ain't your church. It's his church because you are the church. So when we say come to my church, when did it start being your church, Jennifer? When did it start being my church? It's not our church. We're the church. We're the body of believers that come together to fellowship, to um, come in union with, you know, to be united. So we got the, that's a, a hard habit to break in. Let's go to the church. This is what we should say. Let's go to Miracle Temple where we can fellowship. Get it? Let's, where are you going? I'm going to Miracle Temple so we can fellowship. And then today I was saying, okay, well, Lord, why don't we say we go into the house of the Lord? He said, I ain't in no house. I'm in you. Ain't that what we say too? We go into the house of the Lord. You're the temple. You're the house. You're the body of Christ. So you're the one that carries whatever need to be carried wherever you go. So y'all, it's not sinking in right now, but when we get into this really deep, people will understand that we started saying these things because that's what we heard or that's what we learned. But when you go into the word of God and know what the word is saying, you don't be speaking outside the word. Right now it's in our heart. So we probably will still be saying, well, it's at the church. I'm going to go drop it off at the church. Meet me at the church. You know what I'm talking about. The church is over there on 117. Church is right there in the car with you. You're the church. But those are things that we have engrafted in, and that's what we say. So the more we get taught, then we won't be saying those things out of order. So we see here that the church is built upon who? Jesus Christ. Jesus is that rock. So this is why he told Peter, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. The church are the ones that are called out from the world. It's an assembly that's called out from the world. This is why the Bible let us know we're supposed to be separate. We're supposed to be different from the world. We don't, we're in the world, but we don't do what the world does. They know that we're the church of Jesus Christ. 
because we come from who? From him. So now when you read the Bible and you see Jesus walking amongst them, you will understand he didn't have a particular place to set up nothing, did he? Everywhere he went, he presented the Father. Now, y'all know in the scriptures in the book of Acts, when it got to the point where Peter began to address the crowd, they were in Jerusalem on what? The day of Pentecost. And that's when they were endued with the power from on high. Understand that them becoming the church, they had to be effectual witnesses for who? For Jesus Christ. And he told them in the areas where he wanted them to be an effectual witness. But the part I want to get to after he gave the sermon and after he talked about Jesus Christ, y'all know what happened. They wanted to know what could they do to be saved. And Peter told them what they can do to be saved. This is a scripture that um, sometimes people say all the time. Look at Acts 2, verse 47. Acts 2, verse 47. I'm reading out this expanded. They praised God and were liked by, looked upon favorably by all the people. Now listen at this. Every day the Lord added those who were being saved to the group of believers. That is not dealing with being added to a local congregation. That's added to the universal church because those people that was with Peter, they were from around everywhere. But when Peter began to, um, you know, expound on Jesus Christ, all those people that wanted to grab hold to what uh, Peter was talking about, this is when it said the Lord added to the church. He's the one that added to the church. How did he add? Because they accepted the message. They accepted what they heard. So it was like, what, 3,000 souls added to the church? So when we look at that, we try to look in a local congregation and say, where are all the people? Don't we? Why the church ain't full? Because universally, when you go out amongst people and you begin to proclaim the gospel, the good news, that's where that great commission come in at. And let's say you got a thousands of people that you're out there and you, you're proclaiming the good news. You may be in a park. Guess what? You're the church. You're using the park to present what? Truth. All of a sudden, all those people that's in that park, what must I do to be saved? And in the message, they heard it. So God added that many souls to the church that's a universal church that's not talking about a local church so if you um get the scriptures mixed up you would think well why don't have three thousand souls in the church that i'm in because this scripture here is specifically talking about a universal church it's where different um people had come together on the day of pentecost peter began to give them the good news concerning Jesus Christ. And as they accepted that good news, God added to the church. It was not Peter. Peter was already a part of the church, but God added to the church. So that's what we have to see. That's a universal church. That means, guess what? They don't have to have somebody to invite them in nowhere. They're already part of the church. That's what a universal church is. Let's get some more scriptures on that. Let's look at um, one way you enter the universal church. You know you have to be saved, right? And then another thing is baptism. But let me tell you the baptism I'm talking about. I'm talking about being baptized by the Holy Spirit, not dealing with the water. 
because in a universal church, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, the Holy Spirit, he's the one that come in and baptize you into the body of Christ. He is the baptizer. That's 1 Corinthians 12, 13. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Y'all hear that? That's the Holy Spirit. That ain't got nothing to do with water. Going up under that water. It says, for by one spirit, we're all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jew or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into that one spirit. So it's not about a Jew. It's not about a Gentile. It's not about being bond or free. It's about when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. And that's not dealing with water baptism. You're baptized into the body of Christ. That means that we're one body. One body. Everybody following that? So we know we must be born again. The Holy Spirit baptized us into the body of Christ. So that's a universal church. That means that's um, believers worldwide. And only the saved in the universal church. We're talking about the ones that have been saved. The ones that have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Why am I saying that? Because in local churches, they don't look at saved. Just saved. They say, come on in. You all right. Unsaved too. But in a universal church, to be part of his church... You have to be born again. Remember what he told Nicodemus? You cannot enter the kingdom unless you're born again. You have to be born from above. So that's the universal church. And this is telling you about the universal church. Let's look at 2 Timothy 2.19. 2 Timothy 2.19. Nevertheless, the foundations of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. When you're in this universal church, you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. Guess what? You're leaving that world of sin. You're leaving that part of your life that that you were in. Because you have um, become a part of the universal church. So, let's back it up again. What is the church not? It's not a building. That's what the church is not. It's not a building. Now, I'm going to go back as far as here. You remember the Old Testament when we went over the tabernacle? That tabernacle was made by what? Hands. Is that not right? And it had um, certain rules that you had to go by to get to who? To get to the Father. So dealing with us being the temple of God, you know, this is where God dwells. Guess what? Y'all, we don't have to go by that pattern that they had in the Old Testament because now that we're in Christ, he's telling us who we are. We are the church now that we're in Christ. So don't let nobody tell you, I'm going to church. Say, you don't have to go nowhere. (laughs) You are the church. And what I mean is, I'm going to get to the local church because I don't want people to think, Well, man, I don't have to go to church. I can sit home. I can do this and I can do that. No, 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 because we're going to go into those scriptures. So I'm talking about a universal church. I'm talking about worldwide. Anywhere you go and you meet believers, that's universal. No matter where you go, you got brothers and sisters all over the world. 
you shouldn't meet strangers. You shouldn't meet foreigners because if we believe in the same God, um, when you begin to talk about Jesus, somebody's going to join in with you. What? You come becoming on one accord. That's the universal church. Let's talk a little bit about the local church. Let's see what a local church is or what some people call a local church. The local church is defined as a local assembly of believers or a congregation that meets together physically for worship, fellowship, teaching, prayer, and encouragement in the faith in, in, the faith in a particular location on a regular basis. Let me read it again. The local church is defined as a local assembly of believers or congregation that meets together physically for worship, fellowship, teaching, prayer, and encouragement in the faith in some particular location on a regular basis. I know that's long, so you need to go back and hear what I said. But that's what a local church is. So the local church is different from a universal church. A universal church, just like we are believers, you know, just dealing with believers, individuals, universal deal with individuals, local deal with a body of believers that come together to fellowship, to worship, to prayer that are in a particular location. Give you an example. Okay, we're the church, right? We come into Miracle Temple to worship, to fellowship, to pray, right? We come in here to uplift the name of Jesus. This is the building that we come into, that the church come into in a certain location. Where is that location? Burgo. <laughs> That's what a local church is. It's in a certain location, which we use a building to come in here with fellowship, with worship, teaching, prayer, and encouragement. This is what we do when we come into this building. So that's what is called a local church. A local church, y'all. We put names on churches, but actually, we're the church. That's the name. In the Bible, we're going to find out that they had different names, but these names were only the location. Let's talk about one. First Thessalonians 1.1. 1, 1. First Thessalonians 1.1. 1, 1. It says, Paul and Sal Salvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Where's that church located at? In Thessalonians. That's not the name of the church. That's where it's located at. You know, people come up with um, different names and stuff like that. And some of them try to go in the Bible and pull out a name. And they pull out that name because they say it's in the Bible. But you got to understand why they use that name. This church was just in a particular location. It said the church in Thessalonica. So he was referring to that church. The church is a body of believers that met in what location, what city, or whatever that was called, Thessalonians. That's what that was about. So that was their location. That's where the church met. Here go another one. Romans 16, verse 1. Romans 16, verse 1. Now I introduce and commend you to our sister Phoebe, a deaconess of the church at 
I can't even pronounce that word. Can anybody tell me what that is? Sensi what is that? Sixteen one. Now I introduce and commend you to, to you, our sister Phoebe, a deaconess of the church at, um, I did have it. Anyway, that's where that church was. That's the location of that church. But it's the church. It's the body of believers that met what? In that location. Romans 16.1. Give you another one. 1 Corinthians 1.2. Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. That church was in Corinth. You had another uh, church that um, Paul was talking about in Romans 16, 1, and in 1 Thessalonians 1, 1, it was a church that was in Thessalonia. It was just giving you the church and the location it was in. It did not have a particular name. Um, in the Old Testament, it said the church in the wilderness. Church, that was the, the believers, they were in the wilderness. That's where they met. That's where they fellowshiped. That's where they worship. So we have to understand the difference when we say church. We're the called out ones. We're the ones that assemble together. And when we assemble together, it's for fellowship, it's for prayer, and it's for teaching. Like Miracle Temple, we come up in here, the church, come up in here at Miracle Temple. What are we doing? We're assembling together. You're getting taught. Where's the location? It is in Burgal, and the church is called Miracle Temple, so you have a lot of uh, churches going on, right? You have a lot of people that are the church. If they say, go to Burgal, and then you will find church. <laughs> the church is located in Burgal. How many churches do y'all see around here? So if they were not pinpointed by name, people wouldn't know where they were. The name represents the building. It is not you. So we have to understand that. So when Paul spoke, he spoke to those churches in that location. This is where they met. So he was speaking unto them according to where they were meeting. And this is why Paul said, let's go back over here to this church in Corinth. There's some situations going on in that church. So Paul would go back in there and he would clear up things that was going on dealing with the church that was the called out ones that was the believers of Jesus Christ they had a certain location where they were when you get a certain location you meet in that certain location you meet everybody come in there at one time and that's where you meet at all the time this is how you have pastors this is how you have elders this is how you have different people at that location with different functions because everybody is coming together as one for fellowship for prayer um to meet to uplift the name of jesus okay let's give a scripture on that look at acts fourteen twenty three. acts fourteen twenty three. and when they had appointed and ordained elders for them in each church, y'all hear that? Each church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had come to believe, being full, being full of joyful trust that he is the Christ and the Messiah. So they had to appoint elders in that church. They had to ordain them for that church. 
Why? Because an elder is like um, uh, a person that goes in and teach. He's like what? The, the shepherd, the one that go in and teach the people. Matter of fact, you see bishop in the Bible? That's a pastor. Look it up in the Greek. Bishop is a pastor. When you look at um, elders in the Bible, you know, they say an elder is um, an older person, but they use elders to teach the younger people in the Bible. So you got to know what these titles mean. But when they came in and they had a certain church in a certain location and people were meeting in that location, they had a way of doing things for that location, but it was the way that God wanted it carried out. So they had to ordain elders. That's why you read um, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, you read Titus, because they had to set up order in that church for how God wanted it to be in that church. That's why you see all that in the Bible. So we are a body of Christ. All of us are part of that body. And what we do, we meet in a particular location, what, every Sunday, Every Tuesday, we come together in fellowship, we come together in prayer, we come together in teaching because we're all here to lift up the name of Jesus and that's when he put people over you to teach you, to show you how things supposed to be done dealing with the church. How do I know this? Because he sent Jesus and Jesus had to get what? His disciples first. He had to get um, the disciples and teach them. They were followers of Christ. They were learners of Christ. And as he taught them, guess what? They were able to teach others. But we're going to get to the part where when they did come together and there was fellowshipping, they were breaking bread. Y'all know what was going on when Paul come up in there and he was hauling off the church. They all was coming together in a particular place, but then they begin to be scattered. So we're going to go through all of that. But what I want you to see, the difference between universal church and local church. Before all of us become a part of a local church, we were a universal church. We were individually, um, you know, part of the body of Christ, which make up one body. But now we're in a local church, and that local church have the pattern, the way that God wants things to be carried out in that local church. Y'all, there's so much. But I don't want to give you too much tonight, so we're going to stop right there. Everybody understand that? There's a local, there's a universal, and there's a local. Right now, you're part of a local church. When you go travel out somewhere and you meet other believers, what are you? You're a universal church because you're going out, aren't you? You meet other believers. You're amongst other believers. And this is why we have to understand how some things in, in, in dealing with the church is tore up because people have gotten out of the order the way God wants things to be. People are calling, uh, uh, putting names on stuff that God even put name, no names on. And it's only supposed to be denominations. But that's man-made, and that's what we're going to go into. But I just want you to understand what a church is, what a church is not. Shirley. When we go out, I know we universal church. But when we go out as a universal church and we start assembling ourselves with other universal people or members mm -hmm. do you think that when we come back to the local church 
that we can bring these universal people in and give them positions if they because they are a believer of Christ but not necessarily of the same what I want to call it because I really because okay I think I know what you're saying you know what I'm trying to say if if let's say you go to Washington and you part of uh, this this local church and you go to Washington and you meet somebody that's a believer you know, that's worldwide. We believe in the same thing. We're supposed to be taught the same thing. But let's say they don't have nowhere to fellowship and they're moving back to this area. Yes, they can be a part of whatever local church is set up in this area as long as they're teaching the doctrine, the right doctrine, according to the word. But, no, you don't just go ahead and put them into position until they're taught to make sure you on one accord. Remember in the Bible with Jesus and the, the um, disciples, the ones that was following him, he didn't let them do nothing right then until they were taught. So they had to begin to follow him to learn his ways and his ways of doing things. And that's when, after disciple, it went to apostle because those are the ones that were going to be sent. Is that what you're saying? Right. Right, right, I understand that. But now the gospel is what draw people. Right. Not the doctrine. But see, doctrine I'm talking about is teaching. You got to know what teaching they're up under because just because a person say they're saved, mm -hmm. that's one thing. But it's according to how they're taught. So you might be taught a, one way, they might be taught another way, but it's not lining up with God's way. And that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So you can't bring them in and put them in position until you know what they believe. Yeah. That's why you talk and you fellowship with people to find out what they believe. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Did everybody understand that? Because everybody that say that they're saved, you know, everybody can say they're saved, but saved from what? This is what you got to ask them. So when you come in contact with people and you begin to talk to them, it might be some things that they're missing that they don't know that you know that will help them to come into what God's word is saying. Everybody understand that? Right. There you go. That's why you have church split, y'all. You have a whole lot of people coming together and then one person disagree with what this person is saying instead of them, oh, I left a scripture out. Um, Matthew, this is one that we use all the time, y'all. Matthew um, eighteen seventeen. this is what Matthew eighteen seventeen says. And if he neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. This is dealing with the local church. Like right now up in here, let's say that I have an art with Quana. And I'm going by, I'm not going by what the word of God tell me. I go to Gloria and I'm telling Gloria the art that I have with Quana instead of going to Quana. So Gloria ends up going to Quana and saying, Apostle Amanda got art against you. And Quana said, well, why she go to you for? She ain't got no art against me. She went to you, so you got the art. I ain't got no art. Because Quana know what the word says. 
Kwana said, I ain't got no art. She, no, she ain't got no art with me. She went to you. She got the art with you. So you need to be the one going to hug. Don't come to me. Because she's standing on what the word of God says. So let's say Kwana, I go to Kwana and I tell Kwana, this is my problem that I have with Kwana. And after I go to Kwana, Kwana's not accepting me. So I bring two more people as a witness, according to the word of God, to Kwana. Kwana's still not accepting what I say. This is when the church, with the church, you bring it to the church and you began to present it to the church. And if she's still not in agreement, or if I'm not in agreement, then that person is counted as a heathen and that person has to not be a part. So this is why you have to be taught, y'all. People don't want to sit down and be taught the word. Only thing they want is title. Only thing they want to do is sing. They want to um, do something in the church, you know, us as being the church, but they don't want to be taught. And this is why you have to take time to be taught to know the, the way of God so that way you can carry it out the way he wants you to carry it out. Y'all, there's an order. There's an order for the church. That's why God set things up the way he had them set up in that tabernacle because he was letting them know, this is my pattern. This is my way. If you get out of my way, this is what happens. So it's not our way. It's his way. So, yes, Shirley, if you go somewhere else, you just can't bring a person back somewhere else and thinking just because they know the word that they need to be put in position because the more you talk to that person with, with what you have learned, you're going to know where that person is, and that's when you bring correction and say, well, this is what the word is saying. Yeah. Jennifer. This teaching right here, this hits her. When um, in the past I had a real, I, I was married to somebody that their family was in Mormon, was Mormon. And the, um, what do you call them, the ones that would come, they'd go on their mission or whatever and come around. And if, and I'll say a lot of churches, but especially me, if I'd have had this teaching, I knew something they were saying wasn't right, but I couldn't, I, I didn't have this to back me up. But one of the things they believe is that they're, they call it their temple. They believe that God lives in the temple. And that you have to, if you don't live holy, you have to have a temple recommend in order to be able to go to that temple. And so that means like you can't, you know, the, all these things you can't do. You can't smoke, you can't drink, you can't drink caffeine, you can't, all these rules, regulations. And later when I, you know, when I, got into this and I was like ah there's the scripture right there that backs it up and the other one is where it says the gates of hell shall not prevail right. mm -hmm. they try to say that um, that basically the uh, the word or the church was done away with and that, that Joseph Smith it was given back to him mm -hmm. but see the, when it says the gates of hell shall not right. prevail that says right there it, it ain't happen didn't happen like that ain't gonna happen like that the church, God's word will never be suppressed and done away with. Amen. But I can tell you this. It don't matter how many um, names of uh, buildings that you see with names on them. The whole thing that everybody's supposed to know is we're the church. 
It ain't based on that name. It ain't based on no denomination. If I go into somewhere and they say they're Baptist, if we're believing the same thing, you call yourself Baptist, but you got to understand you're the church. It ain't based on no denomination. It's based on Jesus Christ. This is where we all get in a conflict that people look at us like we're crazy. When you go into places and you see stuff being done out of order, don't touch that. They're sacred. They're not, they haven't been taught. So when you try to tell them that's not what the word of God says, you the one that's been set apart. You the one that has been made holy. You the one that don't supposed to be touching that woman when God told you not to. That's you. They ain't got nothing to do with that table. So see, this is why when we went into a place and y'all remember I was like this on the table. I was sitting like this taking me a little break, Miss Mary, because I was preaching hard. And they looked at me and the Holy Spirit got a hold of me. I said, this table did I said this right here we're the ones set apart this table's not don't supposed to be something that you set apart you the set apart one you the one been made holy ain't got nothing to do with this table I ain't been back either Right. Right. Mm-mm. Right. You're the church. You're the church. It wouldn't. Mm-mm. If you're trying to make a building uh, a certain way, then you're out of the will of God because you're the building. You're the church. You're the temple. And everywhere we go, we're supposed to represent him. People do look at how big churches are and how many people are, are in it. And, but you're the church. You're the church. You ain't got nothing to do with the building. You come in the building just to use it, to fellowship. If I go out there, I'm still who I am, the church. right and I understand you the place that you do fellowship you don't want it to be kept any kind of way because even your home when you go in your home you don't want to keep your home any kind of way because you're representing him so when we come up in here and we represent Jesus Christ we don't want it to be any kind of way you know we want to keep things in order but we don't want to make it so holy that nobody get away from that get away from that do you know people died from doing that no you don't do that so this is what we're going to learn and i'm gonna go over this again to add some more stuff y'all it is so much in the word of god that we have missed and people don't understand and the more understanding i get i see why people um don't like me 
Because when you know the truth and know how things are supposed to be and you walk in other places and you see how out of order it is with them being the church, you don't want to stay amongst that. You just politely get up and you walk out because you're saying, uh-uh, you out of the will of God. That's not how God's house supposed to be. You're the house, but this is just a building and the way you carrying on, he's not going to show up and show out in here. So we're going to learn all of that, and y'all, it's going to take a little bit, but I guarantee when we get through learning all of this, all of us going to know we don't make this building so sanctified or so this or that. We're the set-apart ones, y'all. And at home, we can do what we do in here even at home. Did y'all know that? At home, if we do it at home, we don't have no problem coming up in here. So that's the difference. You don't supposed to just come up in here and say, let's have church. No, you're supposed to be, everywhere you go, you the church. You're supposed to be making a joyful noise in your house. You can take communion in your house. You don't have to wait to come up in here on second Sundays. You commune with him every day because you're the church. You're the temple. So everywhere we go, we're carrying him. This is why he said, I'll never leave you, nor shall I forsake. Well, God, wait till I get back to the church and we can talk. I'm going to go in there and shut the door, Lord, mean you can talk because we're in a place that's holy and ain't contaminated. Do you know people that come up in here, come in here with all kind of spirits, sitting right beside you? That's where you find them at. He ride, he ride the back, right up there, sitting beside you. And then they start cutting up when you're trying to hear the word of God. So we're going to learn all of that. And some of it may seem like it's, uh, you know, people may think, wow, I don't think that's so. But I'm going to prove it through the word. How about that? We're going to learn more and more and more. So I advise you, get it in you before you go out there and try to talk it over with somebody because they'll trip you up. You got to know what you're talking about. So we are the church. Manny? He can't hear you. Can, can. I just wanted to add on to what uh, Aunt Shirley was saying. Um, and I was thinking about when Paul was sent out, he was sent to the Gentiles. And like she was saying, can anybody join? And then it was uh, other brethren that came from Judea and around Jerusalem and taught, began to teach them. And they taught them that they had to be circumcised and keep the law like the Jews did. So they was trying to teach these new believers a new, a different doctrine than what Paul taught them. So, uh, but they did come from the church that was in Jerusalem. And sometimes they would come and tell them they, they couldn't eat certain foods. Mm -hmm. So they brought that tradition from the Jews into the church of the Gentiles, and it wasn't mixing. So uh, that's just to go along with what you were saying, like about bringing people with different beliefs. And they were, some, some of them were truly of the church. They just brought uh, other traditions with him. And that's why in the Old Testament, when you go in the book of Romans, when you see that Paul was correcting to the um, ones that were circumcised, because they were saying, this is what you can't do in order to be a part of us. And Paul say, do you do this? Do you do that? They were doing what they were telling them not to do, just to become a part of them. Y'all, we got it all around us, don't we? In order to, and people wearing this on their head, you got to wear this to be holy. You got to show people that you're holy. So they call it a holiness church. That's what they do. This is a holy ch holiness. Is that what you call it? 
That's what it is. And then you go in there and you get taught this way and your mind get renewed. So you telling people what you're getting taught and they're looking at you say, I got to wear these long dresses. God ain't coming back for your clothes. And when we come in, in into, um, I'm still calling it the church. When we come to fellowship together, you know what people look at? You got to look a certain way to come up in here. Right? You got to wear this. You got to wear that. He said, come as you are. Ain't that right? So people are afraid to come in because they're saying, I don't have a dress. Or I don't have this. God ain't looking at how you're dressed. He's looking at your heart. Now, you ain't going to come in here looking like a hooker. No, but if that's all you got, when you come in here and you hear the word of God, God is going to open somebody's heart, and he's gonna, they're going to give you what you need to be presentable, you know, when you come and meet together. But we got it wrong, y'all. We got it so wrong. And the more you study the word of God, the more you will see, man, this is tore up. This is not how it's supposed to be. So that's why when God sent me places, I never understood. God said, I'm sending you like Paul. I want you to study up on Paul. I didn't know nothing about Paul. When we would go into places, my husband would be ducking and dodging. It's because God has sent me to root up and to tear down, you know, all of these false doctrines and these teachings that the word of God is not saying. So if y'all follow Miracle Temple, this is what's going to happen. You, you're going to be hated. Why? Because of the word. Because this is what we do. We come in and bring correction. That's what God sent me in to do. Bring correction. This is not how it's supposed to be. This is what the word says. So that's why people don't want to invite because they're saying, you're not going to come up in here and tear this up. I got this like it's supposed to be. But this is what we do, y'all. And the more you learn this and you begin to talk to people, save folk. You're going to teach them what the word is saying. Not coming from you, but coming from the word. Honey. Thank you. The world will look at the church as when will we ever get it together? Like we, we claiming that we're serving one God and, Right. That we know the truth and then we're going to heaven to live together, but we can't even get it together down here, down here because one said they're right and one said they're right. And I think it's a, a thing where they just need to all let the tradition go because right. how the Bible says it makes the word of God of none effect That's right. and just stand on the truth like we're being taught. That's right. You got to stand on the truth. When you stand on the truth, you're going to lose many. You're going to lose the ones that you thought that was close to you when you start standing up for truth. This is how I see it, y'all. If he's living on the inside of me, why am I bringing him into a place that's tore up from the floor, not unless I'm going in that place to give them the good news? Why would I bring him in the midst of stuff that is not right and sit there and hang in the midst of that stuff and say it's right? Who are you going to bring to Jesus Christ that way? This is why you have to separate yourself. If people don't want to hear what you got to say, what did he say? Shake the dust. Let who peace come back. You let it come back to you. You don't stay in that house. The word tells you that. But some of us is trying to stay there to fix stuff. You can't fix what don't want to be fixed. If you're giving them the word, that's all you're required to do. You can't stay there and wait for them to change either because that's the Holy Spirit. 
who do that job. You just go in there, tell them what God's saying, and you done your part. I ain't never seen them just to hang around and wait to see what was going to happen. Is that anywhere in here? Because you remember the, um, who was it, Philip? Even Philip, when he baptized that eunuch, right? Philip went on about his business after he baptized. He didn't sit there, man, and say, well, how's your day? Uh, what you going to be up to tomorrow? Maybe we can come back tomorrow and talk about something else. No, he didn't do that. What happened to Philip? Kept it going, didn't he? He was somewhere else. Why? Ain't nobody got time. Once that man got saved, it was time for him to move on. The Bible says if one plant, another is going to water, God's going to give the increase. He did not tell you to plant water and give the increase. He gave us a part to play. And we sitting up there trying to do the whole thing to say, I done it. No, I done done my part. See ya. This is what we do, y'all. So this teaching, y'all, is going to be so good. I'm so excited about it. And y'all, let me tell you what happened today. Oh, I had a whole slew of stuff. I was going round and round and round trying to get it together. This is no lie. I had more visitors of the day and more interruption today than I have ever had. I said, well, let me go get a little bit of lunch. The phone ringing off the hook. One, boom, 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 boom. I'm like, what in the world going on? So I get home and I tell my husband, oh, I'm going to get into this right now. Look outside, there go a visitor. <laughs> Couldn't hide. I'm right in front of the window. <laughs> y'all the word is just that good so I pray that y'all hearts are open and receptive but if you still saying let's go to church you know the difference right you're the church so the church can't go to church the church is already the church you know how you say come to my house come to my house and we're eating fellowship together and they'll say okay let's go say you're already here do we have any announcements October the 7th. <laughs> Our fall giveaway is October the 7th. It's going to be on Highway 117 at Apostles House.